You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. What is the land of promise or the promised land? Well, it's not heaven, even though songs have been written about crossing the Jordan and they suggest crossing the Jordan is heaven. Crossing the Jordan is not heaven because if crossing the Jordan was heaven, there would be no more battles to fight. There are enemies to deal with in the promised land and you have to continue to walk and fight by faith. What is the promised land? The promised land is the place of ultimate blessing and spiritual abundance that you get to by faith. Many of the illustrations found in Scripture serve to help us better understand certain doctrines found within the Bible. In some cases, we can end up misinterpreting them and develop a bad understanding of what it is that God's Word is portraying. As Pastor Danny will teach you in his message today, one of the more common misunderstandings believers share is regarding the promised land. In his study, you'll learn that contrary to popular belief, the promised land isn't a portrayal of heaven, but a life of faith. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 with today's edition of The Living Word. Grab your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 29 of Hebrews 11. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. Verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. Two tremendous stories of God working through a people. And for the most part, Hebrews 11, and if you've been with us, you know this, is a list of individuals of history who, by their faith in God, uh, did great things. But these two verses, it's about a group of people, a people that God was able to do great things through as a result of their united response in faith. You might remember the stories, the Red Sea. Remember the Passover, the application of the blood of the lamb, deliverance from the bondage of Egypt. Egypt is a type of the world, so it speaks of our salvation because of the blood of the lamb, Jesus Christ. But as they leave, they get to the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army is coming after them. And uh, God says through Moses, stand still. And that's the hardest thing to do when an army is bearing down on you. And remember the story, even if you've never read it, you've probably seen the movie, as I like to say, Uh, you know, and God parts the waters of the Red Sea. The Israelites go through. And then when the Egyptians come and they try to go through, God unparts the waters and the Egyptians, uh, the army there is drowned. First Corinthians chapter 10 refers to that experience, that Red Sea experience, as their baptism. Their baptism. So salvation, application of the blood, and then baptism. And baptism, of course, represents surviving the waters of judgment. And you come out the other side, alive, because of the blood of the Lamb. Second tremendous experience and story is Jericho. Jericho is the first place 
in the promised land that God gives them victory. They cross the Jordan. Again, God parts the waters. And the first uh, challenge is Jericho. They march around the city the first day, second day, all six days. Seventh day, they march around seven times. Uh, trumpets blow. Shout is given. Walls fall. They've, they become victorious by faith. God gives them victory. Now, here's what's very significant about those two tremendous stories of a people of faith than what God was able to do through a people. And it's this. Between their baptism and Jericho, some 40 years go by. 40 years. Why 40 years between those two experiences? You think individual faith is a challenge? You try getting a bunch of people together on the same page moving in faith. Great challenges. And what I want to do is just take us through some of the things that God did with those people to bring them to the land of promise and begin to give victory in the land of promise. And before we go through them, what is the land of promise or the promised land? Well, it's not heaven, even though songs have been written about crossing the Jordan and they suggest crossing the Jordan is heaven. Crossing the Jordan is not heaven because if crossing the Jordan was heaven, there would be no more battles to fight. There are enemies to deal with in the promised land and you have to continue to walk and fight by faith. What is the promised land? The promised land is the place of ultimate blessing and spiritual abundance that you get to by faith. But some things have to happen to get there. That's why it took 40 years. And I'll give you six things. There are more, but they'll give you, let me give you six significant things that happened during those 40 years. One is that there was an annual observance of Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now, Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread are inseparably linked. Uh, they were to take the Passover lamb, slaughter the lamb at twilight on the 14th day, apply the blood have the Passover meal, and immediately they would go into the Feast of Unleavened Bread, inseparably linked. On the 14th night, they would apply the blood, have the meal, and then begin the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The Feast of Unleavened Bread inseparably linked the Passover because of what they represent. The application of the blood, the deliverance from the bondage of Egypt. Egypt is the world. Again, it's our salvation experience by faith in in Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. And then the very natural thing that happens with anyone, anyone that's really personally applied the blood. Here's the very next thing that happens. You begin to let God get the leaven out of your life. Leaven is sin. Leaven is evil. Leaven is the idolatry of Egypt. Leaven is the appetites of Egypt. When I... Applied the blood, 19 years old. Uh, immediately, one of the things uh, I desired and that God began to do in my life is to clean my life up, practically speaking. He cleaned my mouth up. You know, he, he freed me of the drugs and he, he freed me of, uh, of Egypt. But he's continuing to do that. It's a process until we see Jesus face to face. But every time they would observe Passover, they would remember the great sacrifice and the application of the blood, their deliverance. Their baptism through the Red Sea and any leaven that they had allowed to come back into their lives. Now when they observe Passover, they inseparably link unleavened bread with it and they say, God, oh God, (laughs) that was stuff in Egypt. I I let back into my life. Oh Lord, I need to get that back out of my life again. 
And the idea was to keep the idolatry of Egypt and the appetites of Egypt free from them, free from those things because they have now been called to worship, to worship. Let me give you these. Now, don't write them down. All the notes are online. All you got to do with a click and go online and get all the notes. Exodus 4.23, Exodus 7.16, Exodus 8.1, Exodus 9.1, and Exodus 9.13, and Exodus 10, verse 3. Every one of those verses, you know what it is? It's Moses going to Pharaoh before they're delivered from Egypt. And he says to Pharaoh, God says, let my people go so that they may worship me. That's numero uno. More important than how many lives are changed through your life, how many people you lead to Christ. Uh, More important than how many ministries you start. More important than how big your church is. All those things have their place, but they're an outgrowth of one thing, and that is our worship. He's called us to worship, to worship. And the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread celebrated regularly Help keep the leaven out of my life because leaven hinders my worship. Now, there was a central thing in their worship. It was called the tabernacle. Early on, it was called the tent of meeting because it was just a mobile tent and the ark underneath it and God's presence would come down and all the people would gather there and they would worship their God. So the tabernacle, if you will, was a central part of their worship that they're called to. But it hasn't even been constructed. Nothing's been constructed yet. How are they going to do it? Where are they going to get the stuff for it? Well, when you go to Exodus chapter 12, verses 35 and 36, it records for us that the people did as Moses instructed. And just before they're actually delivered from Egypt, they go to the Egyptians. You'd go to your neighbor and you'd say, I want that diamond earring. I'd like that brooch. I'd like this. I'd like that. And God had so worked in the hearts of the Egyptians to want to get rid of these Israelites after Passover, you know, that they gave them whatever they wanted. And these former slaves, get this, these former slaves left Egypt richer than their wildest dreams. It's like they won the lottery. But don't miss why. Why did God give them all that stuff? Not just so they worship a God of gold. No, 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 no. You get to Exodus 35, and God says to Moses, you go and stand before the congregation and say, now, from any of the stuff you have, whoever's willing, bring it as an offering to the Lord. And they took all those gems and all those valuable things, and they used those things to construct the tabernacle. Hebrews contains a unique passage that's often referred to as the Hall of Faith. This section gives you a synopsis of people who followed their Creator without knowing the end result or with having each step laid out for them. These icons of trust were definitely not without flaw. Their journeys weren't free from trials and tribulations either, but they came back to their faithful Heavenly Father time and time again, trusting that He would fulfill His promises. God used these ordinary men and women to accomplish great things in their time, and to set in motion kingdom work that would continue to change lives for countless generations to come. 
We're so glad that you joined us today to study the book of Hebrews with Pastor Danny Hodges here on The Living Word. If you missed any part of today's teaching or would like to explore more of Pastor Danny's teachings through the books of the Bible, visit ccfstpete.church and click on Sermons. You'll be directed to our YouTube page, and we'd love for you to subscribe. When you do, you'll be notified by email every time we post a new message. If you have any questions for us about what you heard today, or if you'd like us to pray for you, please email us. Our address is info at ccfstpete.church. Again, that's info at ccfstpete.church. We count it as a privilege to lift our valued listeners up to the Lord in prayer. That's all we have time for today in our study of Hebrews. Join Pastor Danny next time to continue digging deeper into Scripture right here on The Living Word.